and welcome to episode 39 of the MTG Conflicts Cast. My name is Steven, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, John. Hey. And Chris. Hey. And in today's episode, we'll be talking about the banned and restricted updates, as well as GP Barcelona. But first, let's kick things off with our weekly roundup, where we tell you what decks we piloted and what decks we played against us last week. Chris, let's start with you. It's been a little while since I've been uh, back on the cast. Uh, it was a way for... Uh, our last cast on a business trip um so it's been a couple help weeks uh two weeks ago i played mono green uh, devotion killed some nerds um i don't remember the exact details of what exactly happened all i remember is that i made it to the finals three you know and then got completely bodied by tron and it felt really bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah not drawing Blood Moon was the end of me, apparently. Oh, and they always have turn 3 Tron. Always. 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 Uh, this past week, I played good old Amulet. Killed some nerds. Um, <laughs> and I played against Blue Red Breach again. I've played against this same person on Blue Red Breach the past three times I've played Amulet. So, and... it's, a, so it's a really good matchup for you then, right? I'm actually um, positive currently. Oh, two wow. and one in their last three encounters. Uh, Friday I lost, though. Oh. I managed to steal game one by Vesuving his snow-covered island early in the game, and I was able to uh, play an EE on three to blow up a Blood Moon later on. Oh my god. Let me get my Titan in there and killed him real good. <laughs> the next two games were not as good. Um, namely with you know, early moons and remands. God, I got remanded five times in the same game. It was, it was sweet. I mean, uh, it was terrible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Just like wading through an endless sea of remands. And so, that was that was the first Blood Moon deck of the evening I played against. Uh, round two was Blood Moon deck number two, uh, the Mono Red Prison deck. Great. But um, it turns out, if the deck doesn't actually draw Blood Moon, it's not very good against me. Yeah. At all. That's uh, that's that's <laughs> that's about it. So I guess he kept, you know, he kept, game one he keeps some hand in the blind, right? And I go turn one angle, and he's like, oh. And the best he can manage is turn two ritual into chain whirler. Wow. No and plant tokens for you. <laughs> yeah, it's like I look at my Zeus, and I'm like, yeah. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've done one damage to my Azusa. Then I got to untap and play a Titan on turn three and attack him with it, and that was basically the game. GG's! Uh, next game, I don't remember exactly what happened. Similar story. He didn't have a moon. I had a very early Titan. Game was game was over. Um, then I played against Monogreen Tron again. Got my revenge. 2-0. GG easy. Um, <laughs> not actually easy. I was pretty sure I was gonna lose game one. Uh, I think the only reason why I wasn't just completely destroyed was because I was on the play. So I was able to have a turn one scout. So when he naturally turned three trons me, as they always do, um, he plays a card and tries to pull my land, and I'm able to save my land with my scout activation. Oh my god. But unfortunately, I didn't have an amulet. So next turn, I get to untap and play a Titan on turn three, but I couldn't kill his Karn with it, which felt real bad. 
But uh, I got me a, a ghost quarter. But I couldn't crack it that turn either because I didn't have an amulet. So all I could do was pass back and hope for the best. Uh, he untaps with a Eugene the Spirit Dragon. And yep. Did you know that comes in with seven loyalty? It's yeah. a lot. It's, it's a, a lot, lot of loyalty. loyalty. <laughs> Too much. I was like, okay, like, I'm thinking in my head, okay, he's going to have to, like, cash in his car to get rid of my Titan, and then, I don't know, maybe play something else. And then, actually, no, he can just minus six his Ugin and just wipe everything. Like, oh, okay. Yep. Uh, other interesting thing, he decided to plus the car, not minus, on another land, which I found acceptable. <clears throat> so I untap, pay for my packs, I'm thinking, and then, because I have a snake, I'm able to play my Ghost Quarter, Ghost Quarter him off of Tron, <clears throat> Hopefully. <laughs> and then, <clears throat> if he pluses his Karn, then I just throw away the other another land. And if he minuses it, <clears throat> I just use my snake to save the land that he's targeting. And then my last two cards in hand would... Well, my other two cards in hand were um, Hive Mind and Green Pact. So for this plan to work, I also needed him to not play a star or a sphere... Good luck with that. Yep. So, uh, uh, that's that's the plan. Ghost quarter him on his draw step. He goes and, and I forgot. Like, oh shit! They gives him a forest. Well, I hope he doesn't play another forest. He doesn't. He Sylvan scries for the other Tron land and plays it. I'm like, huh? If he if he Sylvan scryed for a, a a forest, he he would have he would have killed me. But he that's didn't. Funny. So I got to high bind him on my next turn, and he uh -huh. was uh, a sad boy. Wow, if he would have just gotten a forest. Right? That's insane. But, I mean, who has hive mind on the radar in that situation? I guess, yeah. Cautious anyway, people. Anyway, what else did you do? Any, did you play anything else? Yeah, so in the last round I played against, uh, as far as I could tell, a mono black deck. Um, game one, the literal only card I saw was a Liliana of the Veil and three swamps. <laughs> Solid. I guess when he plussed it, he discarded a Fatal Push, and I saw that. But I had double Amulet. And... <laughs> <laughs> so I thought about, should I play an Amulet and just slap him for 20 because it's faster? I was like, but wait, but triple Swamp into Liliana the Veil? This could be some weird stuff. What if he has a Slaughter Pact? So I'll just get two Titans instead and attack him with both of those. <laughs> Great. Fantastic. No Slaughter Pact. He died. <clears throat> Uh, game two, <laughs> I was still, I still don't know what he's doing, so I kind of, all he did was board in some Bayloths, and that was about it. I don't know. I thought he was like Adrak or something. Um, turns out, he's playing Blood Moon in his sideboard. What? So he's like, turn one thought siege, take your Reclamation Sage, turn three Blood Moon you? I'm like, huh. Oh, great. <laughs> That's interesting. And I died to a uh, a relentless dead. <laughs> cool. Uh, nice. Um, game three, he played a Phyrexian Obliterator against me. And I was looking yes. at my 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 board, which contained a Obstinate Bailoth. And I was like, huh, this isn't going to go very well, is it? <clears throat> I drop a turn, I drew engineering explosives, and I look down and I have Grill Turf. So there's a new sanctuary, Bajuka Bog. <laughs> for those of you hey, counting at home, that's four different colors of mana. 
So I got to play a land for turn, use my floating green in that to uh, crack it immediately and got rid of the obliterating boy. That's pretty good. That's that's pretty lucky. Then he slaughter games my titans. Wow. Nice. I was like, alright. Let the real game begin. And then he slaughter games <laughs> me again. I'm like, oh god. He's just gonna name like summoner's pack that I'm gonna have like nothing <laughs> like nothing left to kill him with. Uh, he named incorrectly, I believe, uh, Amulet of Vigor, which I was totally okay with. Wow. Because I had a summoner's pack to my hand. I was like, thank god. <clears throat> and then, uh, so I got to pack four and play a Rurikthar on my turn. Seems good. Seems pretty good. Funny thing about Rurikthar is that because he doesn't trample, um, he ha opponent had a Relentless Dead, which says when it dies, you can pay a black to put it back in your hand. So you can just play this chump walker every turn and never take any damage off my Rurikthar? Yep. So my solution to this was to nug myself for six every turn by recurring an EE to blow up his 2-2 two -two so he couldn't block. Oh my god. <laughs> uh... Which was good enough. <laughs> so nug I... yourself for six every turn. I mean, I got around to five, so then it meant that he couldn't remove my Rurikthar no matter what. Because he just would die. But yeah, that was that was interesting. I guess he technically took more damage off my Rookthar than I did, because it hit him three times, and only dealt twelve to me. But anyway, end of three one. <laughs> so how about you, John? What'd you play? Symmetrical. Uh, I played uh, I think in the Ice Moon week before last, and then last week I. Um, Excuse me. I played, I played Swans the week before last, and then I moved over to Thing in the Ice Moon for this last Friday. Um, felt invincible uh, until the last round where I was uh, summarily dispatched by Mill, <laughs> which felt pretty bad. <laughs> uh, it feels bad. It feels bad losing to Mill, but the Mill players MVPs, man. Oh, MVPs. yeah. I, I had so I looked over and I saw a, a game action being being done, and it made me throw up in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> the, the mill player. So I think Mulligan. I think John must have mulliganed a lot that game. I mulliganed to five. And the the mill player is surgically a lightning ball. I'm like, that seems kind of weird. And I look over at John's hand. And he has two more lightning bolts in his hand. Wow. And I'm on one land, so you know. <laughs> wow. That's sweet. It's like the gotta, value. Gotta love that. Uh, but the rest of the event went really good. Uh, I played against the Mono Red Prison guy, uh, round one, and uh, he like goes to stick a moon, and I'm sitting here staring at a moon in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, huh, well, at least I'm not the one paying three mana for a do nothing enchantment, because I'm <laughs> sitting here with a pile of islands in play. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um. Yeah, two main deck of Braid made Chalice a little weak, too, so... Be good. Be good. Uh, recurring theme of the evening was uh, main deck of Braid was hot. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I was pretty pleased. And then I uh, I promptly abandoned ship, and uh, over the weekend, uh, spent a bunch of time, bunch of time practicing uh, Jeskai online. And uh, Jeskai feels better, although... I do. I'm kind of scared to play a Great Escape because the meta is lousy with Blood Moons. Like, 
there was what six people on blood moon deck seven people on blood moon decks on friday chris i mean i played against three people with blood moons in their deck it's just everyone had blood moon everyone had blood moon uh i don't know if i really want to like play i'd rather be playing like the blue red deck than the jeskai deck (laughs) in that scenario i mean i guess you could also just get practice against blood moon i mean yeah i guess or just beat him anyway like me or or just like main board hate for it (laughs) seems like Like, a terrible like also me Uh, but yeah, uh, it's a pretty sweet. Uh, I got to absolutely dream crush some guy online with just guy. Um, he's playing Grixis Death Shadow for some ungodly reason. I don't know why. Um, and uh, after I was well, right before I was about to kill him uh, last night, he's like, "This is the third time in two days you've dream crushed me off of five zero." God. Uh, that must be miserable. Oh, it was uh, it was pretty sweet on my side. I mean, yeah, for you, for the other guy though, especially because like not it wasn't like like three different players dream crushed him. Like the same player dream crushed him three times. Yeah, I mean, oh. I'm sure he had a sinking pit in his stomach by the third time. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe he's playing something else. Nope. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Damn. Colonnade turn one. Nope. <laughs> yeah, well, he went like he went like uh, Shadow, which died into Shadow Shadow Gurmog in one of our games and still lost. Yeah. <laughs> like just yeah, just had like path snap path and a and a block, and then bolted him because he was at three. <laughs> Jeez, get him, get him, get him, get him. But yeah, uh, that was uh. This is my uh, brief roundup of Magic for the last couple weeks. How about you, Steven? Uh, for me, I played... I didn't get to play last week. Uh, I did play this week. I played some Affinity. Didn't go so well, but I did learn a little bit about my deck, which was nice. Um, <laughs> uh, I was playing in Soul Artifact in my deck, and uh, I'm realizing how much I don't like playing with it currently with uh just guy kind of on the rise to beat all these like combo decks um yeah path to exile is pretty good uh <laughs> yeah. but also these just guy decks are also playing cards like uh settle the wreckage now which just uh, kind of settles it right yeah it just settles it <laughs> um i'm still going to be practicing with it with it i'm going to a team event uh in Worcester, Massachusetts, and that's going to be on the 14th. Who are your teammates? Two friends from from Connecticut. Gotcha. And, um... Are they listeners? Uh, one of them is. Is the other one any good? Yeah, they're they're (laughs) both great. They're both great. (laughs) Um... uh, So, yeah, I'm just just going to keep practicing with it. I don't... I think the next, next weekend's uh kind of cement my uh my choice and what other cards I want to play in the deck. Um but my other options are Amulet or Jund essentially. I think those are the only two decks that I can pilot well enough. Don't play Jund. It's really bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's if that's your exactly Ravine Ether gets balanced by Cryptic Command, you concede. <laughs> <laughs> I did forget to mention that one, yeah. Go ahead. I, oh. Actually, it's it's pretty funny. Yeah, so uh, we uh, we played a game with Jeskai, and our opponent goes Raging Ravine, pass. Raging Ravine, 
pass, miss land drop pass, and then we cryptic bounce their ravine, putting them at nine cards. And instead of discarding two, they conceded. It's pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> this uh, the shortest game of Magic I've played all week. That's hilarious. <laughs> Who said Jeskai can't turn for you? Apparently. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Um, the weekend before uh, this, or actually this past weekend, uh, my friend came over. Or this past weekend, the weekend before. Two weekends ago, yeah, two weekends ago, my friend came over and we uh, we played a lot of modern and we played a lot of EDH. That was fun, and then we went to a a PPTQ where we both got smushed on pretty hard in standard. I mean, yeah, you spent your time playing EDH instead of practicing for the PPTQ. Exactly, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> uh, but overall, it was fun. It was great. Um, as far as cool decks are concerned. Uh, we probably won't get to it in our uh, GP Barcelona roundup, so I'm going to mention it now, is this uh, this Hardened Scales Affinity deck, which isn't like anything new. It's uh, uh, Saffron Olive has has played this deck, and you know we've seen this version of the deck kind of been popping up recently, but it is very interesting. Uh, yeah, four and, uh... Hanger Backwalkers, four Ballistas... Two arc or four arc bound workers, which are just uh, one mana one ones with modular um, sparring construct in this guy's list. Yeah, this this guy's specifically running sparring construct, which is a one mana from uh, one mana one one from Dominaria. When it dies, you move you put a plus one plus one counter on a creature you control. So kind of like modular, essentially, sort of, almost, almost. I got uh, destroyed by this deck on Moda when I was playing Thing in the Ice Moon. <laughs> oh, yeah? Or actually, no, I'm sorry. It was Swans. It was Swans. Oh. Uh, yeah, they went scales into scales on turn two, plus, like, a, a one drop. Oof. And then it was, like, Ballista, Overseer, and Ravager. <laughs> Jeez. It's like, Yeah, huh. that's brutal. Yeah, I was, I was looking at it. I was looking to play this deck, um... But what I'm noticing a lot of the a lot of the gameplay online is that the deck just revolves so hard around hardened scales, where it's like it's not like a normal affinity deck where you have all these like tiny threats that will accumulate damage over time, and that can't be blocked. All these creatures can be blocked, and all of these creatures don't have like they don't get better with more, you know. So like ornithopter double double ornithopter and signal pest. Like, any more Ornithopters, any more Signal Pest, it gets better. Whereas, like, if you have two Arcbound Workers and two Sparring Constructs, it doesn't get better if you get more of those. Um, And then if you draw, like, Welding Jar, it kind of sucks. If you draw uh, Throne of Geth, it sucks. Yeah, I don't know. I think the deck just revolves too much around Hardened Skills. Maybe that's... Maybe that's It grinds decently well without it, but it's not the greatest, yeah. The games are very, like, on or off. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'll try it some, at some other point. Um, but for right now, I think I'll just stick to my normal affinity. But it was cool. It was, it was, it was, it was a cool deck. Uh, like, did you guys see anything cool? Well, I like these builds a little bit better than the uh, the list I saw being played by Magic Aids, who may now be known as Magic Rainbow. <laughs> um, really? Yeah. yeah. 
Wizards made him change his name. Good. But that's funny. So, uh, I'll talk about that a little bit after. So, he was playing Aether Vials in his list, and I didn't really like that. Um, sure, like, oh, Violin, you're, you know, Overseer on the end Steps, pretty adorable and all, but I don't know, I just feel like you're playing this deck where a lot of your cards don't really do anything by themselves, and then Aether Vials, like, just another card that doesn't do anything if you're yeah. late in the game, so yeah. I wasn't in love with that. Yeah. But yeah, Magic Gates, the guy who um, I may or may not have originally come up with the five color human deck. Yeah, he was. He was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I believe he he did come up with it. Yeah. And uh, so apparently, he got banned on Moto because his name was quote inappropriate. And he's saying it's really dumb because he made his name. This is he made a video about this. Um, he he made his name. Magic Aids, because he was gonna, his, his channel was aimed to aid people in getting, you know, in brewing decks. Like, you have a study aid. So it's Magic Aids. And then once he made the account and the, the channel, people started commenting, like, <laughs> HIV. And he's like, oh, it appears my name could be misinterpreted. So it was apparently never his intention to be, you know, potentially insensitive or anything. Yeah, I just. I think I think Wizards is on the wrong side of like banning players for that kind of thing, especially when like his first video back from from that whole incident, like he plays against like some absurd, obscene, like purposely obscene name, and it's like if you're gonna police one person, you should be policing everything. You should have like in the same way that you can't type the word fuck into into the chat on Moto. It should also have that same kind of filter in making you, allowing you to to make names. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> the other thing that gets me is like, well, I mean, not that you can even change your username, right? <clears throat> but you said there was no warning. Like, it just kind of kicked him out, like, in the middle of a league. <laughs> yeah. Like, Moto just, like, crashed. And he's like, what? And he reloaded and says, you're banned. I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious, though, when people get banned, if, if in his situation, because... Uh, Wizards did let him uh, re-sign up with a new name if they transferred all of his content or if that's the same account with just a changed name. I'm very curious to, about that kind of stuff. From what I've heard in the past about how Wizards does this, he probably lost all his shit. That's so <laughs> frustrating. That'd be my guess as well. <laughs> that is so frustrating. Anyways, a little off topic. <laughs> um... How do we how do we segue? John, what was your cool deck? <laughs> I don't have one. But but you have it right here. It says mill. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> Fine. My uh, cool deck, if you will, was uh, the Bundle Black Obliterator deck. Um, it's always fun when there's an Obliterator on the board, as long as it doesn't stick around. <laughs> And as long as it doesn't stick around, or it's on your side of the battlefield. As long as you don't hurt it, it's okay. Don't poke the monkey. But if you can put it down real swift and painless, it's, it's better for everyone involved. Promise. Uh, moving on to our topics for this week, let's kick it off with uh, GP Barcelona and take a look at the top eight in that tournament. Uh, it looks like Dredge 
came out on top uh, next to Cart Clan Ironworks. Um, and then we have a handful of Jeskai and blue-white control decks. Um, a Burn deck and a Grixis Shadow deck. What do you guys think of this top eight? I think it's gas that my boy Javier Dominguez got third. It's pretty cool. I think he went undefeated day one. So, Jeskai clearly the best deck in the format. Clearly not as good as Dredge. <laughs> yeah, I believe that. That's like that's like historically just a bad matchup, right? It's not the greatest, no. No one's even playing like Grave Hate anymore. Like You say that, but I think someone made that argument previously, but then you look and oh Jeskai control. Um Yeah, okay, Jeskai just has nothing. One surgical they have extraction. A surgical extraction. <laughs> but <clears throat> most decks like most builds don't even play that. <laughs> but like, oh, uh, the blue-white control decks themselves have some number of rest-in-pieces. Yeah, the like blue-white decks are much better three equipped. Three rest-in-piece in one build. But I think it is still typically a historically bad matchup. I mean, yeah, it's like, it's like you hit rest-in-piece or, or die kind of thing. Uh, these builds with a bunch of terminuses probably do a fair bit better. Because uh, you actually get to put this stuff away for good. Yeah, wasn't one of these lists have like four terminus in it or something obscene? Yeah. The eighth place. <laughs> the full four. Yeah, man. You just put them, put them on the bottom. <clears throat> God, I hate terminus. Huh. <laughs> Flashbacks. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think blue-white uh, has really been coming back to the forefront. This tournament is really interesting. Uh, the most played creature was snapcaster mage with 20 copies in the uh top 16 here mm -hmm. which is insane five decks in the top 16 playing a full play set it's pretty good i wonder so so i'm assuming that this shift into these control decks are like a direct response into um into big mana decks and combo decks being popular well, if you're expecting a bunch of Tron, I don't think I would sleeve a blue-white control, right? No. I mean, it's better than Jeskai, though. Is it? Yeah, they've got these pile of field ruins and spreading seas in a lot of the versions. Yeah. You get a lot more tools to interact game one. Um, but then game here. two is... Like, game two and three is just... Sideboard games are just in control's favor, right? Sixth place list, yeah. not a single... Spreading Seas in the 75. 7th place, not a single Spreading Seas in the 75. 8th place, not a single Spreading <laughs> Seas in the 75. They better mix that one up next week. So I fail to see how this is a superior choice. 13th place, 3 Spreading Seas. There you go. <laughs> this guy knows what's up. Because the blue decks just can't kill Tron in any sort of reasonable amount of time. Like, how many Field of Runes does it really... You know, I have four Field of Runes in my deck. Okay. Tron can still just, like, dirtle around until they just play literally anything. And, World of Breaker. Right? Isn't it just kind of good enough? Worm Coil Engine. I mean, you have a lot of answers with um, Path and Terminus to kind of sweep that shit away, but... 
not the best. Teferi, also good. Tuck it. Tuck it back in the deck. I mean, my experience with this sort of matchups is they just keep playing cards until you run out of counter magic. And then when you run out of counter magic, the game ends. Speaking of counter magic in Tron, I had an interesting experience uh, this Friday. I got to uh, Cryptic Command in response to a uh, Sanctum of Ugin trigger on a on a big fatty. I got to counter the fatty and then bounce the Sanctum in response to the trigger. Oh, man. So they get no card out of their deck. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. One Utamog. That is pretty sweet. Yeah. When you're in top deck mode, it is really helpful to keep them from drawing another scary fatty, or searching up another one, I should say. Uh, that way you get to keep your two permanents rather than have them exiled, even if you have a counter spell. Yeah. So that's a, that's a nifty interaction that not everybody knows about. The uh, the Jeskai, the Jeskai control player, his sideboard is sweet. I don't know if you got a chance to see it. Oh yeah, man, Javier is playing playing the 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 Lyra Baneslayer split that uh, a lot of people online have been uh, going for. So is, why split? Because uh, meddling mage, oh, and sure. if you, I mean, it's mostly meddling mage, really. Uh, you have small upside with cast down, not hitting Lyra, but <laughs> yeah. maybe you have them both in play, and then your Baneslayer is a six six. Yeah, man, ah. comes up too. You bring them both in in some matchups. So huh. yeah, there's some some very small fringe upsides to having both. Makes more sense than having double double Bane Slayer. Definitely better than having double Lyra. Double Lyra doesn't give you like any benefit really. Yeah. I Can't did get echoing truth. Uh. I did have my opponent, um, <laughs> who had a restoration uh, angel. Uh, they phantasmal imaged my Lyra, and it pumped their restoration angel <laughs> and i was kind of sad <laughs> sad or scared and then then they <laughs> then they desphered my lyra which took the uh took the the phantasmal image with it oh man. <laughs> but if i because i had i'd been making the bounce uh end of turn cryptic bounce your desphere to get my lyra back play in in the game before that yeah. Um. So I could you know get a ten point life swing, and I was like, shit. Now they just, now they just get a lira. If I get my lira back, <laughs> like, ah, I curse you. <laughs> That's pretty yeah. funny. Yeah, <laughs> I was a little sad about that one. <laughs> uh, but uh, electrolyze uh, is p good against phantasmal image, so no problem though. As is almost any other removal spell in the game. As is anything <laughs> that targets ever. <laughs> hey man, it draws a card, shoots them for one, and kills the Phantasmal Image. You know what's pretty decent against Phantasmal Image? Kessig Wolf run. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Any any land that activates and targets a creature. Oh. One green, one red tap. Shoot your guy. He's dead. Yeah, I did that. I did that interaction when I was playing uh, Amulet against a, a humans player. And they like, I was like, give your phantasmal image double strike. <laughs> and he was like, huh. okay. And I was like, it's it's dead. It, and he's like, it's dead. <laughs> he's like, oh. It's triggered. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's move on to our uh, our other topic, the the ban and restricted update. 
Wizards of the Coast, like, yeet! <laughs> yeet! Well, so, so first of all, let's get Modern out of the way. Um, all you kiddos out there hoarding your Stoneforge Mystics, take that. No one banned for you. I was, like, looking at a place at Amoto last night. I was like, man, I don't really want to buy these. They've gone from, like, 350 to, like, 12-something ticks. <laughs> Well, yeah, and the paper versions is up to like thirty dollars, back to thirty dollars. I had to get my sign place set there, though. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, I think someone said like all the non foils and TCG had been bought. Yeah, kind of absurd. <laughs> what a what a weird speculation from people. Yeah. Is it, like, like I, I mean, understand. literally every single vanish chick announced like this is this this is gonna be the time for Stoneforge Mystic. It's gonna be this time. It's gonna be this time. And it just hasn't ever been. I understand I that that missing the the Jace unbanning was pretty detrimental on some people's uh, uh, plan of financials as far as modern goes. Uh, but I feel like even so, I feel like if people didn't speculate that hard about Stoneforge Mystic, it would have seen it wouldn't have seen this much of a jump. Like, if if everybody just bought them after it became unbanned, we wouldn't see this spike. Disagree. I don't know, man. Did you, do you remember those spikes of Sword of the Meek? I don't. Ugh. It was insane. The card was absurd. Wasn't it like a $2 card? I didn't get my copies was. for like... I just got my copies at Seattle. When did they unban it? It's been like over a year, right? Yeah, it it's took that way long. Over the year. It took that long for it to get down to like a reasonable price point. What are they at now? Like five, I think, or something. Oh. And I don't know. I just, I don't get me wrong. I'm, I felt pretty bummed when I saw the prices because I felt like the prices definitely pointed towards it being unbanned. Like somebody had spilled, like, I feel like somebody knew something that we didn't. Now you know um, something a little bit more about the magic community and how people panic by. Yeah. And it's just like, it like Stoneforge Mist, I've been, I've been preaching for that card to come, become unbanned because it does actual nothing anymore. There's, um, yeah, there's no secret cabal of people manipulating the market. You are the cabal. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it would have been a bummer to not be able to play with that in modern, especially because I've been wanting to, and I just sold Death and Taxes because I was pretty sure it wasn't going to get unbanned. Oh man, just sold Death and Taxes. Womp womp. Womp womp. Um, but now, what are, what are you going to play in Legacy? Nothing. Uh, just like everyone else. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> I, I'm excited, man. I'm, I am so, so excited. So for those of you, if you have not heard, um, living under, under some weird rock, um, Deathrite Shaman has now been banned from Legacy. And so has uh, Gitaxian Probe. Good riddance. Really? I just... Why? It's... it's... So the thing is, is in a format with a bunch of, like, free counter magic and, like, very efficient answers, knowing what's in your opponent's hand is so fucking shitty for, like, cool interactive gameplay. Like, you don't... When you don't have to guess and try to read your opponent, it's like you play on rails. Like... It's so much easier playing with therapy. Like, I'm not that great of a player when it comes to knowing what's in my opponent's hand. When you play with, uh, or not therapy, uh, when you play with pro, you don't fucking need to be. Like, 
You just have you perfect just information. have perfect yeah. information. It's like, I guess, guess what? I can play like a computer and run off a checklist. Oh, my opponent has this, this, and this in their hands. Okay, I can play around all that. Sweet. Like, that's achievable. When I gotta, like, fucking figure out what's in their hand based on how they're playing, I'm gonna be a lot less successful. Which is good, because that means that more skilled players are rewarded. I suppose that's time, accurate. Both of my decks have been hurt. Because getting pro banned out of Belcher, <laughs> I think, is actually a pretty big deal. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Now you have to run, like, one extra mana to peak before you combo off? It's not that. It's so the, the it's lack of free Oddly cards. enough, um, in, in Belcher, knowing what your opponent's hand is a lot less relevant. Surprise, surprise. Is that maybe... Um, <clears throat> Strap yourselves it's, in. It's one less storm, and it's one less redraw. Yeah. Because in Belcher, you only have so many ways to actually kill your opponent. Uh-huh. So... Having the most looks as possible while still being only on turn one is uh, what you're in the market for. Doesn't play Bobble right now, does it? Mishra's no, that draws later. I don't want that. <laughs> I need to draw now. Yeah, it's true. I just don't know. Yeah, deck take uh, a big hit. Urza's Bobble does that, doesn't it? I, draws now? Maybe. Is Urza's Bobble legacy legal? Yeah. Of course. Anyway, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> uh, you were saying? Yeah, so... Uh, Bobble... Or Bobble. Uh, Gitaxian Probe uh, and Deathrite Shaman, both cards in Grixis Delver. So Grixis Delver loses eight cards. Uh, the deck is no more in its current iteration. Uh, Checkpile is not a deck anymore. That can't You can't play your four-color greed pile without Deathrite. It just doesn't work. You just play Bird, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just play Bob. <laughs> Easy peasy. Uh, Storm takes a decent hit, um, losing the ability to again thin their deck, have a looksy poo for their uh, their therapies. Decks that were held in check a little bit by Deathrite. Um, it's unclear if they benefit or lose out on this. Um, well, so as an elf player, now I get to get. Railed by black the black red reanimator even harder. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> um. But yes, it's interesting about black red reanimator is um, that deck was partially built uh because blue black reanimator had kind of a hard time against deathrite, um, and with deathrite gone, um, black red reanimator gets better you would think because everyone doesn't have their uh their main deck graveyard hate but the thing is is people were really skimping on the sideboard grave hate because they were like oh i got these death rights it's cool now they're gonna play yeah. real cards like ground seal rest in peace yeah line of the void graft diggers cage nihil's spell bomb um tormont's crypt perhaps even um so I think the grave hate is going to be much more present in sideboards, so um, it's going to be really interesting. I know uh, at least one black red reanimator player who's been like prepping for a long time, going to a uh, GP in the near future, is like un- completely unsure what the hell to do because <laughs> he's like, I don't know how I need a board. I'm like slanted towards beating Grixis Delver, which isn't even a deck anymore. Yada yada yada. So, oh man, Legacy is so interesting right now. I am excited, as are a lot of Delver players, I think, to have the opportunity to go back to Rug Delver. Uh, I don't know if it's good enough I- anymore, but Deathrite was a huge beating 
for that deck, so Timer Glaive is uh, going to be a lot better than it used to be in Legacy uh, for two reasons. Uh, one, Deathrite is not around anymore to Om Nom Nom it, and uh, Delve Threats are a lot less good without Probe floating around, uh, and Deathrite for that matter. Um, that's effectively two different mana sources for your Delve guys that just aren't around anymore. Uh, you don't get the ramp with the Deathrite, and you don't get the free spell to eat. So uh, I think stuff like Tasker and Angler are going to be a lot less reliable in Legacy, which means Tarmogoyf gets a lot better than it used to be. And that means that um, together with Deathrite being banned, Bolt gets a lot less good, and uh, more hard removal might be viable again i'm not sure it's interesting maybe we're going to see some more fatal pushes so do you think uh so i have this picture of like the the best deck in legacy right now um post which ban? is yeah post ban which is um something like rug delver but you cut the red excuse me uh but you cut the red out of the deck and you add leovolt you, you, and mean, you, you mean bug delver so yeah you you start with you start with a rug delver shell which is kind of like that stifle really aggressive kind of shell and then you cut lightning bolt out of it and you add leobold so you change you you change it to bug but it still has that like really hyper aggressive like counter everything you're doing so that my creatures can get in and deal as much damage as possible i think it's too slow without death right um Leovold's a three mana do nothing the turn you play it. I mean, it, to, to cantrip they kill it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Leovold is not the most aggressive creature in the world, and uh, losing access to red loses access to burn spells for that extra reach and speed. So I guess typically, like the rug Dover decks, don't play Deathrite, but they have bolts and stuff to try and get reach. But all the other de- Dover decks just have Deathrite to drain your opponent out. Mm-hmm. So now, if you're playing Bug Dover, you just have neither of those things. Yeah, if you're playing Delver, so you can't really be that aggressive, right? Yeah, if you're playing if you're playing Delver, you have to be playing Bolt again, or you have to be if you're on uh, uh, Bug Delver, you got to be going a little bigger and playing stuff like Liliana, like even more so. Interesting. Uh, I don't think you want to be tapping out for Leopold. I think you want to be tapping out for like a Liliana, probably. Okay. But, but then, if you feel like you're a Delver deck with Leopolds and Lilianas, it's not Delver isn't flipping. Yeah. So if you guys if you guys were going to a tournament in two weeks, what would you guys take? High tide. Interesting. Why? Uh, there's not as much gray paint. Uh, I think people aren't gonna be as excited to play other spell based combo decks like Storm, uh, that are a little bit faster. Um, and. I think people will be experimenting with Delver, maybe, but I don't know. I feel like the lack of grave hate makes High Tide really good. Like yeah. uh, one of the worst things that could happen to High Tide was like someone snacking your like uh, High Tide out of your out of your graveyard, mm-hmm. so it doesn't get like shuffled back in. Um, and the deck is like um, like pretty good against a lot of like the unfair strategies that are still around like sneak and show is probably a really good deck like mm-hmm. i guess i guess like the answer you could say is like oh i'll play sneak and show but i would never play that deck so 
Um, Sneak and Shit is probably a good pick, but I think High Tide's like pretty good. Uh, getting to play like Flusterstorm against the like unfair decks that are left, and then I think just all the fair decks that are still around are pretty slow. Rug Delver is probably a bad matchup, and there might be a lot of people playing Rug Delver. Um, but I think it's still beatable. It's hard to say. I think I, I think I would say I would probably try to play like High Tide or Rug Delver. High Tide is bad against the Rug Delver decks. Rug Delver is like good against people that are like trying to like try out all these like kind of slower stone blade decks but that's mm -hmm. like kind of a toss-up matchup too i don't know it's been a long time since i played rug and like the threats that people are playing are different now so it's kind of it's really hard like i've been in a, a legacy chat where people are talking all day about what they want to do and like everyone's kind of like i don't know until we test it it's like really hard i guess i guess if you wanted to have like the really like level one i just want to play a powerful deck that i know is going to be good uh, for this tournament because i want to win it and you have like theoretically all the cards um something like lands or a uh, sneak and show is probably a good pick um where do you guys where do you think that like a deck like death and taxes stands in in this like brave new world i mean death and taxes is not bad um opponents not having death right to like break free of the taxing a little bit is good mm-hmm but Death of Texas isn't as good at, against Sneak and Show as it used to be. It used to be almost a buy, and now Sneak and Show is actually favored. Hmm. Um, so, I don't know. My and problem like, with Death and Taxes is... You don't know what you're I feel like the deck be. is a lot better in an established metagame. Exactly. Right? You know exactly what to name on your Sanctum Prelude and that kind of thing. And if the format's brand new, you may have a little bit more chance to be bamboozled by you know random stuff yeah exactly i'm a little unsure about lands as well because i feel like uh with the exception of storm i guess right most of these death right shaman uh decks were probably they're pretty matchups. favorable matchups yeah. for lands so if all these death right decks are just going to disappear overnight then what is the, lands feeding on i think a bunch of people can want to play blade decks like the old s like the like the not the death blade decks but the older style blade decks i think that's like oh we can't play check pile anymore like what do you fall back to and like shardless bug probably isn't good enough anymore so it's probably like blade decks right or like where a lot of those people end up and lance probably just like clobbers blade decks <laughs> there's so many different ways the meta can go though it's it's gonna be interesting. It's kind of like the mono red prison deck, right? Like that also kind of feasted on these greedy, yeah, like four color decks. But Deathrite was also like the only way they could get out of. Deathrite usually was not good enough. It felt like, to be honest, <laughs> Ugh. a lot of your answers were red, anyways. At least from like Grixis Delver's side, and then Blood Moon was usually lights out, and you like ran out of Deathrite feel really quick. That's true. I mean, you'd rather have death right than not, but I don't feel like it was helping the matchup that much. <laughs> I don't know, the matchup's really bad. <laughs> but again, so if these decks just disappear, right? Yeah, they lose a lot of prey. Does what's left get crushed by, you know, these prison elements? Who knows? I would imagine both Deathblade's decks also don't enjoy playing against a turn one Blood Moon, but... Yeah, Eldrazi's pretty good too, probably. Well, Drowsy seems strong. It's probably especially, like, especially in a format where it's everything's kind of like up in the air. It's very fast. Just like, yeah, that just like gets down quick and wants to just be like more aggressive than all the other decks in the format. It's good at good. being disruptive and aggressive at the same time. Yeah. I mean, maybe you could even play something like Merfolk again, but I don't know. 
what soldier stompy <laughs> yeah well i guess we'll just have to we'll just have to see how this this format shakes out hopefully there's a, a little bit of data that comes through uh by next week from online to see what two weeks i think in two weeks we'll have uh, uh beginnings the beginnings of a picture of at least where the format's initially going all right and i guess that that brings us to our our final segment is a uh, slot of the week tell you what card we are totally hyped to put in our 75 john let's start with you uh i'm really hyped to play spellcaller some more but uh we missed slot of the week last week so it's fine um and i'm really hyped because i already know this card's good <laughs> uh, i've been playing it in the sideboard of just guy control and it's pretty sweet um a lot of decks uh are kind of removal light or they take the removal out against you and you get to punish them very aggressively with your spell callers uh, i also like that it can uh, help alleviate some of the uh, time issues the deck can have uh, being able to sideboard into stuff like lyra bane slayer and uh your counter spells on a spirit uh really help you uh kind of turn the corner a little bit faster in the postboard games which is nice if you lost the first game and you are hurting for clock so uh excited to jam some more games with that uh how about you chris what's your what's your card you're super duper excited about does it go in amulet well i'm not really sure what i'm gonna be playing on friday part of me wants to keep running back amulet because it's obviously the best deck in modern but part of me also <laughs> wants to uh play some super sweet spicy garbage instead um, would that be trying to play the old TT uh, Moon list that John played last week, or maybe even something much worse and far more spicy like Jeskai Ascendancy again? I don't know. But uh, I'm going to cop out with my soul week and actually say um, Upheaval, because Vintage Cube is still on Moto until July 5th, and God, do I love me an Upheaval deck. <laughs> Garbage. What better thing to do with all that green mana you made? then add in some blue mana and just upheaval everything that's so gross it's I the best that, i hate that card upheaval? every time upheaval or opposition which Both. which one is more bad <laughs> oh that's some nice permanence you got there opponent why don't you just go ahead and play them all again yeah, we'll just give this this creature we stole from <sighs> you pro blue shush you <laughs> fine what's your start of the week steven uh, my slot of the week. <laughs> my slot of the week is Arkbrand Avenger, because oh, Arkbrand Avenger, Arkbrand Avenger is an amazing creature in Affinity. Such a great card. If we're going to put no an embargo surprise. on Affinity cards, <laughs> probably. All right, I won't pick a. I won't pick an Affinity card next week. Lies. Which it's like the Arrested Development, the narrator. He was not telling the truth. <laughs> or, this did not, in fact, happen. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for tuning in and sticking around to the very end. If you're wondering where you can find more content from us, you can head over to mtgconflicts.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube under the same name, MTG Conflicts, one word. And if you have any suggestions or comments that you'd like us to read, please feel free to shoot us a message on one of those platforms. Again, we really do appreciate you sticking around to the very end, and we hope you'll join us in the next one. Later. Later.